thank you for coming to another episode of the artificial mind it's me your host jonathan i'm here with once again jeremy how you doing today man i am beautiful how are you today john i'm i'm actually feeling really good man it's been a it's been a pretty productive week i oh i you you had me dive into some stuff that i was kind of impressed with that i a lot of things that i learned about Mm -hmm. i'm really excited to talk about this episode today um before we get to that we put a poll on the last episode well we had an episode poll the episode the episode poll as you remember last week we did the the tracks the oh my god 27 club yep, yep. the 27 club the lost tapes of the 27 club which featured john in the sun in the style of nirvana man i know in the style of amy winehouse you're gonna kill me in the style of Jimi hendrix and the roads are alive in the style of the doors and all the votes went to drawn in the sun by nirvana i think that was the closest you could get to um a, a nirvana song i mean yeah. it was pretty legit i mean we went through and even checked out the the lyrics and if i was what, what song was it all apologies i mean it was in the song so yeah, so of, I actually received a message, and this we're gonna do a double whammy here too, because a oh. big, shout out, big shout out to Yumi and Lore, Yumi. you know, for giving us a huge shout out on their show. We appreciate you, and we let and I left you guys a little gift in your Discord. It was a little picture with the Technomancer and the Master Chief. So I hope you guys enjoy that. But I had received a message from one of the hosts saying I could have sworn that was Kurt Cobain singing that, and. Mm -hmm. It just goes to show how influential this this project came to be, man. Very special. Um, we also had a Q&A. Uh, the question was, do you think AI will be the beginning of the end for artists? Um, one answer that we have here is said, no, I think it has no soul. Pretty, okay. uh, I mean, we're pre it's, it's a pretty straightforward answer. And yeah. I kind of you know if we look at the deeper meaning of that it actually kind of makes sense doesn't it i like they're referring to like the ghost of machine kind of scenario of or you know like no soul in the machine so how could it ruin art exactly so that, <clears throat> I, I thought that was very interesting that that he says that because you know in, in a way he is right that these machines do not have souls they right they, they're their machines and they are aware and the philosophy you know there's a whole philosophy to converse about that you know like one one thing that i was actually very curious about was you know we're on mid-journey we're making all these these pieces right right the, but does the does the ai behind all this does it recognize your work and does it start getting used to it to a point that it starts coming up with what you're thinking of before you even think about it Hmm. That's a good question. I, uh, I remember I told you the other night I was having a dream that was started to mimic like my pictures from mid journey. Yep. So yeah, I don't know. The, it, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just, it was like, um, it was almost like how it updates on the screen. You're seeing these very, uh, very abstract images, but yet to you, you see something there, right? <clears throat> so basically, it's not—it's not really ruining art, in my opinion. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's taking your dreams and your thoughts that you've had for a long time and kind of 
giving them a little bit of fruition. I don't know. It's that that's like a whole philosophical uh, podcast right there i think yeah. um and it's funny because i could tie that into uh this episode that we'll be bringing up here in a little bit as far as like the detail of it and and stuff like that because when you blow these pictures up on um say mid journey they're they're still not like that detailed you know there's there's still left there's still imagine imagination left to be said you know mm-hmm I I mean, there's so much to talk. I mean, there's so much to think. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, if you think about it, it's already thinking for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you write down the prompts and it's already there. Um, there's been some, I mean, there was a really interesting uh, presentation event uh, situation that they did a couple of days ago, mid journey, where they talked about amping up the, the AI itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <clears throat> clearer faces, better textures, and they even talked about bringing this into a 3D world, coming okay. like soon, like very soon. And they're on a version three right now, right? Like they just updated it recently. Yeah, that's what that's what it sounds like. That's yeah. what it sounds like, and it's it's so cool, man. Um, I'm very excited to see what's coming next with that. Um, so, to the, this week's theme is Frank Frazetta, and you you chose this theme this week. I want to, why, 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 why Frank Frazetta? Uh, a, a few things really. And I didn't realize like the impact that he had. I, I did not realize that he was what many people considered the godfather of fantasy art. First of all, yeah. um, I just remember him from, I grew up in the eighties and uh, I watched the Conan, the barbarian movies growing up with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And, um, I remember, I can even remember the, the year I bought a comic book of it. It was 1988. Um, I actually found the comic again, so it was kind of neat. Um, I was in a Halloween mood. I thought we had to do a Halloween episode, and this kind of ties in with that because some might consider this a little dark and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to do a, a fantasy art um, theme, so I figured why not tie that in with a, a Halloween theme kind of feel and um we can go right to that or discuss a little bit about him i did do a little bit of uh information on him you you, i i didn't know this john but he was uh born in new york yeah uh he was a brooklyn native yeah he was a brooklyn native born and raised there he's uh he's an aquarius oh i didn't know that yep february 9th 1928 um died in the the taurus era 2010 yep Yep, he died in the Taurus era in 2010 in Fort Myers, Florida, which is where uh, I try not to make jokes on such a serious podcast, but it seems mm-hmm. like that, that seems the place where everybody seems yeah, to. Yeah, you got to throw a bone every now and then. Yeah, you know, so that seems like the place where people want to, you know, live their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so yeah, I did some digging. Uh, I They didn't really have any like documentaries on him, and for such an interesting artist for his time, and what he brought, um, I did not find anything on YouTube, like an official documentary or anything. I found like one interview with him, and um, he almost kind of struck me as like a, like I, I think him and Jack Kerouac would have gotten along for some reason. I don't know. They were kind of around the same era, sorta. I mean, Jack died in the '60s, but 
um anyways yeah i the more i looked up with this guy the more i i realized that um he was in a lot of stuff that i grew up with he started doing um film posters okay he did uh god well he did some for conan the barbarian uh he i know he did a couple i think he, he did uh george lucas for one george it might have been one indiana jones movie yeah, he also, um, from what I under, from what I understand, he also um, did the Ringo Starr painting for Mad Magazine. Okay, and that's where, from from what I'm from what, from what I've read, that's where he got noticed. Like a lot of people started seeing like a lot of his work from there. And even mm -hmm. before then, like at eight years old, he went to this. This is what I thought was interesting that at the age of eight, he went to the Brooklyn Academy of Fine Arts. Yes, yes, and he's. He, he, he was nurtured in art from the very early age, and it showed. It's it's very cool. Um, so he was already he, he was already drawing at a very young age, and already I mean Matt he did, uh, you know he did some very interesting magazines actually. Uh, from one of the videos I seen, um, like comic books that no one would probably know about these days. They were more like uh, oh. They were like one or two comics at a time, kind of a thing from a company, and then the company's name would change. It was it was interesting like that. They were more like sci-fi magazines, like your monthly subscription kind of things that they do had you, back then. Do you know if he if he ever did any heavy metal magazines? Yes, he did. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, pretty much anything that has looked like that style, and uh, you, it's probably him. Yeah, it's really cool. On album yeah, like covers. He's he's done oh, okay. it all basically from what I from what I've seen. Oh, very nice. Uh, uh, I was a kid, a Molly Hatchet actually record that my father had, and it had um, a Frank Franzetta poster. It was the guy with the hatchet and the like the Valk Valkyrie guy or Viking guy. I I also want to add in there too that he has won a Chesley Award in 1998, 95, and 97, a Hugo Award in 1966, and a Spectrum Grandmaster of Fantastic Art Award in 1995. Uh, the guy's got accolades. Yeah, he, he's a master. He really is. Um, he r really is one of the greatest artists of all time. Uh, the more that I learned about him. Um, there are a couple album covers a list i have here he did welcome to lbj ranch uh, it was a comedy album no oh. he did roy orbison the fastest guitar alive uh dust heart attack nazareth expect no mercy three molly hatchet albums yep um as far as movie posters he did what's new pussycat the secret yep. of my success hotel paradiso the, the gauntlet Body, the gauntlet miss mrs palifax uh, spy fire and ice and you know a couple more uh he lived a life yeah that fire and ice actually is interesting because that i looked that up last night and that's an animation and how they shot that was they did live um live recording of people moving around acting the parts and then they animated over it oh and it ended up being a huge um money eater and it didn't make money at its time but now of course you know it's a cult classic so it's made its money back tenfold yeah. <clears throat> but i'm i need to check that out because it looked very interesting and it's interesting that they called it fire and ice because i believe didn't rr uh is it rr martin didn't he uh it weren't his books called the story of or a song of fire and ice i 
but actually, yes, uh, I believe that is the original title of Lord of the Rings. I don't know. Or not Lord of the Rings. Oh, I'm Lord of the Rings. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Game of Thrones. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a Lord of the Rings fan. I, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't watched Game of Thrones to be honest. With you. I mean, the fan is. I, I mean, and, this, and this is what makes it so interesting too, because I'm not the guy that you know. I don't. I don't. I don't dive into fantasy like that. Like you wouldn't have gotten into it through the Game of Thrones kind of a guy. You yeah. like you had to be shown it from a different angle kind of a thing to be like, oh, I didn't know that. Yep. I yeah, could totally get that. Yeah, it's it's very so this was probably one of the most interesting things I've ever had to do. So I I'm actually excited to show up what we got. But I'm gonna start off with you. Okay. I'm gonna start off with you. We got a couple things here. Um Mine are all white. Your, yours are all uh, like. Now, shots. one thing I should point out before we start showing the pictures is the one thing that made him interesting was at the time when like comic books and all that were all about like getting into flair and brighter and uh, just more eye-catching things. He was more into more uh, minimizing, like taking one color and usually more of a <clears throat> earth tone or a blue tone and using that and if he had a focal point it wasn't that much and it, it made the thing that he was trying to focus on that more that much more brilliant so mm. we'll we'll kind of get into that we should i should we need to grab a picture of his before we end this show and put it on there oh, at the end of it oh that's the problem you, you want his self-portrait that he made <laughs> <laughs> oh i did not see that one so maybe we should yeah that that's a beautiful that'd be one. interesting that would be and then we could you know talk about that one too so we're gonna start off with uh your blacksmith here okay uh yes the blacksmith i think this was the second one i worked on um so i was trying to remember all the the characters from from dungeons and dragons from all things because i was like okay where do i begin with this mm -hmm. um the main keyword i used a lot was of course um, Frank Frazetta. Um, trying to think of if there were any other common phrases that I might have used. Um, I tried to keep it pretty loose, but on this one, um, I went with a blacksmith, and I, I liked how this one turned out because many of the other ones that I were that I was getting, uh, you really couldn't tell what he was working on. Yeah. And this one, you got a pretty good idea that he's working on some type of sword. And he's an older guy, so he's definitely a master at it. So he's been doing this for a long time. Yes, he has. I, I, I like this piece, of, especially I like swords. I always think, like, when I think of swords, I think Robin Hood uh, and his mighty battles uh, against the Sheriff of Nottingham. And, you know, I watch also watch a lot of that show, Forge and Fire. So okay. Is, you know, it's like watching... An old school version of it happening so this, oh, yeah. I, I really like i really i really like this because it you know it's when we see a painting we see paintings of people standing on a bridge or looking at a tower and here he's just making he's in action yeah he's doing something and that's another thing that you'll uh notice with uh frank's stuff is that he and all of his pictures, the the pictures in motion, like you can sense the what's going on. Like there, it's not just um, a, a character smiling at, back at you, almost like breaking a, a fourth wall kind of a thing. It's like this. It's a it's the old paintings, really. Yeah. 
it's I believe he liked paintings and using inks a lot. Yeah, this is this is definitely a nice piece. So the next one we got here will be mine. Uh, my idea for this one was actually I wanted a a barbarian, mm -hmm. like, you know, like a barbarian, walking through an Endo period feudal Japan uh, city street. Yeah. Uh, and now it looks like this barbarian is like merged with a building, like a traditional, you know, Japanese Endo period Japanese tower. Mm -hmm. And he looks, it's like, he's like a man tower and he has like maybe his, his guide with him. Uh, this is a very interesting picture because the, the one, the, the emotion that I was trying to go for was like dark and gloomy, mm -hmm. um, you know, pencil sketch type, type ordeal. And this came out and I'm, I'm not mad about it at all because it really shows like the depth of what I actually wanted to portray. And I wanted to portray fear of a towering it's man. Definitely no one else out in the streets but them. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> you, you can see it. He, this guy's in here. He's he's here for the action, mm -hmm. and you know whether this person here is meant to be a, his guide or a fearless a fearless opponent. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's up for you to decide, and that's the beauty of this right now. Definitely a cool piece. It almost uh, kind of like a watercolor too, watercolor painting. Yeah, yeah. I tried to, I tried to keep that Frank Frazetta style. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 not gonna lie, I'm kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. You know, uh, so another thing that Frank I read was um, the thing that made Frank kind of stick out with from other people is his shading, his shading all connected. If you uh, if you if you're really into like drawing and stuff, then you'll probably go look at this stuff on YouTube. But he was all about having things connect and uh, simple shapes, really like squares, triangles, circles. Like if you look at his paintings and drawings, like you'll see a a, a fluid shape going on in them. Mm, I like that. Yeah. The next one we got of yours is the night. Night. The night one was a, a, a wee bit difficult. I believe this is night number six or seven. Oh. Yeah. I just wanted one where I could actually get a, a, a helmet with it either looking at me or at least have an eye slit because it was just helmet. So I thought the poor fellow was going to suffocate in this painting. Mm. So I finally got one, and I like this one because it's almost like a... Uh, the only other scenario I can think of is in the movie Willow. They had these type of, it was like a jousting sword. It was welded. Ooh, to, yeah, yeah. It was welded to almost like a a, a, a glove, a gauntlet, if you will. <clears throat> Who the hell was it? I think it was Mad Mardigan had that thing. Yeah, are you, are you going to watch Willow when it comes out? I don't know. I'm wondering. Because <laughs> I, I, I do like, uh, what's his face? Warwick. Yeah, uh, Warwick Davies, yeah. Yes. I, I think he still got it. I, I, I it's gonna suck that Val can't be in it, but um, I know. I know. But I, know I think I'll Bell check it out. We'll see. It's supposed to come out in what in the winter or something? Something like that. I so what I I I'm I was a kid once. Mm -hmm. oh. I like I like knights. Yeah. You know, knights are cool. Jousting is cool. Things like this is cool. But I love the armor because it looks like the armor chest piece has like a skull on it. Mm hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, like, yeah, I'm a knight, but I also bring death. 
And this is my badge of honor. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly the feel I'm I'm getting there. What we got? Uh, let's see. What's my next one? Shuffle the cards. Shuffle the cards. Let's go with this one right here. All right. So I I, I tried to stick with the barbarian feel. You know, mm -hmm. I, there seems to be, I going through. Frank, yeah, you know Frank Frazetta's work. It, I got when I think fantasy, I think barbarians, I think swords, I think skulls. Yep. And I wanted to have like a barbarian holding a woman while a village burns behind him. Now this is very true to Frank, John. This is like you notice there's not a, like the brightest color in this is like the orange <clears throat> from the fire. Yeah. And everything else is more like a bluish brown. He definitely liked his I'm not going to say earth tones, but just he he stuck with one color and from there he brought it out. Yeah. He he really did, man. And even this, like I'm looking at it and I can't stop looking at it because you see in the middle, there are two people holding each other. Right. And, you know, there's there's a lot of interpretation on what exactly that is. Mm -hmm. But if you look over in the hill up there, there's someone stuck up there. Up on the left or yeah. the right? Yep, up on the left. Okay, yeah, I see them. Almost like they have a, a bow and arrow or a flute in their mouth. Yep, yep. Almost waiting that, almost waiting for the barbarian for his moment of vulnerability and it, it's almost like there's a story going on here because maybe the barbarian's in love with this woman but the barbarian but the woman is not in love with him but she has to do everything she can to protect her village but the village is gone now so the only thing to do is to take down the barbarian and maybe so that's him and then choke him yeah maybe yeah maybe this is exactly what's about get in close yeah <clears throat> this is interesting very interesting what did you title that one i don't think i titled it you don't title it either okay yeah i didn't really title mine either on this one that's why i'm like trying to remember what i called it and i honestly yeah, this one this one was interesting to to put together very interesting to put together and i i i'm not mad at it it was a very beautiful and this was actually i think once i saw it mm -hmm. i was like this is the one right here it, it tells it tells a story and i'm all about yes the lore it just focuses you in in on the middle too you get even the fire just brings it back to the the ladies in the in the middle there and that's the next one so the next one i actually to me it's like one of my favorite ones because it's almost like uh, it was like almost the same yeah oh so, okay yeah so this the one death I adder. you named it the death adder yeah i want to say after um after the first one i did which i believe we'll see that at the end here but this was the second one i did because i was so fascinated with how the first one turned out and i think this is what basically got me going on the frank frenzetta thing up to that point um i just had the the um theme song to conan barbarian in my head and then I started messing around with this, and then that's what started this whole thing and whole episode. Okay. So, yeah, I fed uh, Death Adder in there. Um, I think I tried a couple other things, and it actually told me I could not use those words. Oh, uh, yeah, because Mid Journey is very, is very family-oriented. Yes, and that's something uh, 
we should definitely point out too because I like I, that was a surprise to me and I, it still surprises me sometimes when I throw stuff in there because I'm like that's not necessarily a bad word but, but you know it's cool that they're doing that yeah um, that was actually one thing that they spoke about during the presentation too it did. About, um, one person came up and said oh well maybe you know can we have a not safe for worse section and they were really adamant about not being in a rush to do that Mm -hmm. I mean, even certain words like bloody and flesh, they don't work. And that's good. I'm glad they're taking their time with it. Like, this stuff's going to blow up. It, it just will. So it's best just to let, you know, let it go gradual and not, like, I don't know, break the bubble. Because yeah. the bubble will break eventually, just like anything else. It's just, you know, this is cool for what's going on and the possibilities that it has. And so the reason why I liked your piece so much, because it reminded me a lot of mine that I'm showing mm -hmm. right now. Yep. Um, yours was the death adder. And mine, um, so mine, I put a handsome barbarian sitting on a crown, sitting on a throne of, of skulls. Yep. Um, depending on what perspective you're looking at, he's probably handsome. He I was going to say to each his own. Yes. Yeah. Yep. To each his own. And. I mean, this one just came out like so similar to yeah. yours. I mean, that he almost looks like the Death Adder. Yeah, and like same. Uh, they they shop at the same place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously, and you know they're sitting here, and you're and you're just like, like whoa, like is he in hell or is he in a village? A village, you know. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty good, man. It's. I really like this one. This one blew my mind. Yeah, these these two ones are these two I, I looked at a long time because like they look so detailed, and yet when you get in close, they're really still abstract. That's what I love about this stuff is like uh, it, it's very much like a dream where you think you see one thing, and then like if you're able to control your dreams, you can get closer, and you realize it's not what you think it is, and it's, it's so much kind of like a dream. That's why I like this stuff. Yeah, it, you know, or even if you have like that dream that one night and you're just like, I need to see if I could replicate that. Yeah, now you can feed that thought in there and possibly recreate some of it. So like now you can, that's an idea maybe some people can start doing is start to uh, document their sleeping patterns or uh, uh, dreams this way. Very true. And that, I mean, there's some, some very interesting stories that would probably come from that. Yeah. Um, the next one is. The Bard. The Bard Lady. The Bard Lady. So this was the very first one I did. And this is after I was like thinking about um, Frank Crozetta and whatnot. And uh, I think she was probably the third time I tried making one and much of the other ones were actually more detailed and I kind of liked this one because it painted more of like what if uh Frank Frazetta had done an oil painting which he did or not oil uh, uh watercolors excuse me and he did those he just was more of a a regular painter or uh ink user he did all sorts of uh, media I know that but I think his go-to ones were regular oils or acrylics and ink yeah and th this one definitely has like that vibe in it too which is really cool and it's very like the detail on it's pretty cool like you could clearly see the face which is yeah. i mean you can't get 
that so much in mid journey. Right. So you, you did a really good job really detailing the, the face here, man. And some things I just like more abstract than others. Cause I, <clears throat> granted she is the bard, but, uh, like you can kind of see like the makings of a guitar or a violin or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something in her hands. I just liked her expression because that's usually how a, a bard is portrayed as just happier than most of the people in that era. Oh, that's right. Actually, they had a better job than most people. They didn't have to, you know, be a farmer. They just had to come up with witty songs occasionally. Yeah. And I like the little Sherwoody background too. Yeah. Pretty cool, man. So my last one, All right, what's your last one? My last one. I oh, wow. You know what this reminds me of, John? The uh, I don't know what books they were, but as a kid when I was growing up in the 80s, there was an artist. It, it wasn't Frank, but this reminds me of like stuff like that. Oh, wow. I'll have to look this up and figure out who it was. I love this. What's this? What's the title of this one? Uh, or, uh, sorry about that, because I had a oh, slight, yeah. I had a slight disconnection. Um, gotcha. So I what was this one called? So this one, I I wanted it to be the sword in the stone. Uh, okay. With a barbarian. Um, there. So I th actually think that the sword is actually up there, up top. Oh, yep. There it is. I think that's it. And it looks like he's just kind of just like sitting there waiting for the right moment for this to happen. And he's like, this is my time. I'm going to be the king one day, the barbarian king. You know, so. You know, the, so before we get to our fan submission, uh, we're going to show where here's Frank Frazetta. This is not a Frankie. This is not an AI generated picture. This is a self-portrait that he made of himself of uh, the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn artist, eight years old at a prestigious school in New York. And this is the man. This is the man who brought all this, this powerful art, you know, he, a man who extended the imagination. If you ask any comic book uh, illustrator nowadays, they'll, they'll know this guy for sure. He kind of looks like Frank Castle a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Got like a Frank Castle. And his name's Frank, too. How about that? Suggestive. Yeah. So, as you know, every episode, we are going to have a uh, fan submission. Uh, this week's fan submission is from Ashton Steimling. Ah. Um, yeah. Uh, for those, you know, uh, I know you know that name. He was a good friend of yours. And he sent, he gave, he sent me then this prompt. The last selfie ever taken. You know me, I'm a sucker for the end of the world, post-apocalyptic. So this is this is the photo. I'm not far behind. Yes. So there is okay, so first off, I mean we know it's not a selfie. It's more like a backshot. <laughs> but the essence is there, the energy is there, yep. Um, the angle is there. It just this whole thing just screams this is it, you know? Yeah. And if it was the end of the world, I would almost expect the last photo ever found to be to look just like this. You know, you've, the back of someone as they're looking at nothingness, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, and I mean, the, whatever place this is that the AI generated, it's... Because at this point, I don't think anyone's going to be worrying about a selfie. So yeah, the fact that this person took a picture of another person, or if it was a selfie, you know, it's done from behind. It's that's a, a, it's a good perspective. Like it's yeah, it's almost you're on your like, own, uh, you're looking at nothingness. What do you do? Yeah, it's almost like a a kind of like a concept art from a movie or something, or maybe something from like a Fallout game of some sort. Well, what's that? What's the girl's name that's in the new Spider-Man's? It almost looks like her from her from behind. Uh, from the back cover. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Zeta um, or Zeta? Yeah. Zeta? I can't, I can't, I can't remember off the top of my tongue. Yeah, I know it's a Z. But yeah, but I, I mean, hey, you know, these, these situations exist. These situations will exist, and this is probably one of the eeriest, um, mid-journey photos I've ever seen in my life. They're really you know? good detailed too. I'm impressed by its knowledge because, I mean, uh, so far, if you throw an artist in there, it's going to give you some some indication that it knows what you're talking about. I have not, like you said, we're, I haven't been disappointed with what I've thrown in there. Like, maybe how it looks, I, you know, I don't like how it looks, but that's just me. But, you know, that's just the look of it. Otherwise, I love what it's doing. Like, the work that it's putting into it and what it's cutting out, like... Even the ones I don't choose, I like them. It's pretty cool. And I hope they do take their um, time with it as they go. The fact that they uh, just had that event and um, are letting people know that they want to do that is a good thing. For sure. And if any of you are still interested in Frank Frazetta, uh, there's not a whole lot on YouTube right now as far as I like documentaries. There's maybe a couple with him doing an interview. Uh, I almost watched a three-hour video of explaining why he was one of the greatest, and that's okay. So, yeah, it's worth checking out. And I think John had to take an artificial break. Ha 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 ha. But yeah, uh, if you guys have any ideas that you'd like to share as far as like uh, a show we should do, not just showing us a piece, but an actual idea for a show, God, I would love that idea. So um, you can send them to John. Um, he's got all the info for that. Let's see. Yeah, like if uh, you have any ideas, please uh, let us know. We'd love to hear them because I, I have so many ideas. Probably enough to carry us through 30 episodes. And after that, I'm seriously going to need some uh, output and, and input. Thank you for listening to the Artificial Mind, an original podcast hosted by Jonathan Sanchez and Jeremy Strobridge. Produced by Clean Sanchez Media. Check out our links at www.linktree.com slash the artificial mind podcast and don't forget to follow like and share. Take care and so long.